Welcome to Drive Time, our UCLA Anderson Fully Employed MBA podcast. I'm Dylan Stafford, an assistant dean and your host. We want you to meet some of the great women and men of FEMBA to share in their success and to give you an inside look at the impact of their MBA. Today's interview is with Isadora Dantas, FEMBA Class of 2016. You'll hear how Isadora is, quote, two different people from the start to the end of FEMBA, how she got everything she wanted from her education here. Isadora shares her epiphany during Thinking on Your Feet, a class with Professor Fierstenberg, where Isadora learned that she really wants to be a public speaker. Since that epiphany, she's already given a TEDx campfire talk on happiness, which happened to be the topic of her research in her first master's degree. Her prior master's thesis was on the urban interventions to bring joy to people's routines with specific research on happiness. Wait until you hear what she did to those New Yorkers during her master's degree research. Isidore has made multiple career moves during FEMBA here at UCLA. From being a graphic designer at Sony, she's completing the program as a product manager at Cornerstone On Demand, FYI, also founded by a Bruin. And in addition to those career moves, she's co-founded PetSnap with her FEMBA classmates. From Brazil to New York City to Los Angeles, you'll learn all about Isidore's journey, even about her very first U.S.-style tailgate at the Rose Bowl, of course. We hope you enjoy hearing how Isadora Dantas got everything she wanted from UCLA and FEMBA. Why don't we just uh, jump right in, Isadora, and, and tell people you have a really unique background. You didn't come to business school the typical pathway, so why don't you introduce yourself to our, to our listeners today? Yeah, sure. Thank you, Dylan. I'm very happy to be here. So, yes, my name is Isadora. Um, I'm actually from Brazil. I'm from Rio de Janeiro, and I have been living in the U.S. for almost seven years now. Um, I first started in New York. I went there to get my master's in fine arts in design and technology, so a little bit different than MBA. But And my undergrad in Brazil was in architecture. So I was an architect before. I wanted to become a designer. That's why I came to U.S. I was in New York. And then after two years, I got an offer to work for Disney um, Interactive. So that's how I got to L.A. in 2011. Yes, and I've been here since then. I love it. I love it. So are, will you be going to Rio this summer? Or? Uh, I hope so. It's a little bit um, the economy there and all the political issues right now. They're a little bit messed up, um, but I feel we're going to grow as an economy. I think it's going to get a little bit worse until it gets better, but uh, I'm, I'm positive and optimistic on the future of Brazil, but right now it's not a really good time. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of difficult. It's kinda... I'll go for Christmas for sure, but I'll, I'll wait to I'll wait to the... Olympics mess, and I'll go after. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. And uh, let's see, when you, which section were you in here? Three. Okay, so you're Tuesday, yes. Thursday, we're section three. Take people a little bit through, you know, kind of your first master's degree, and then what was your thinking when you started to go, well, maybe I should get a get an MBA? Yeah, so you know how some people are born knowing what they want to do with their lives, and they have a dream, and they follow it through? I'm not one of them. <laughs> Fair <laughs> I, enough. I've, I'm a, I feel I can extract joy from different things. So I like it. I'm a natural explorer. I remember when we first started NBA, we have to classify ourselves as explorer or switcher or someone that wants to grow in their career. And I just always thought I was a natural explorer. So um, 
So I was, I definitely had, I've always felt that uh, an MBA would be something good regardless of what I wanted to do with my life. It's almost how you call the cards you have that you can apply for anything. Mm, okay. I think there is the a wild term. card. Yeah, yeah, the wild the card. Wild yes. card. So I I had my master's and I was very happy working in design um, for a couple of years. But then I was in corporate back then um, working for entertainment. And I realized that there was not much where I could grow just as in design, at least where I was. And it, it, the fact that I had a H-1B visa and I'm not... Um, American that kind of closes a little bit of the doors because there is a complication of the visa and everything. So I I just thought that I wasn't learning as much as I wanted to be learning at my job and that I felt I wanted to grow more. So I, I saw the opportunities I had back then and I already had a GRE from my last semester that was going to expire. <laughs> <laughs> I also wanted to study in UCLA because there is, um, even on my undergrad, they had, um, how, that's an um, uh, exchange program with UCLA. So I, that has always, been, have always been, has always been in the back of my mind. So I knew that. And... Um, and I think for me, it came also from a very personal standpoint because I liked LA a lot, but I didn't have many roots here. I had friends, but I had friends in Brazil. I had friends in New York. All my family was in Brazil and I had a job, but I wasn't learning as much as I wanted to. So I know I could have other jobs back home. But at the same time, I was not ready to go back. So I felt that maybe instead of going back, I should take one step even further and try to create roots here. So that's why I thought was a good, the MBA was a really good opportunity because that would solve many of the issues I was going through. I was going to have my roots. I was going to be able to make more friends and I was going to learn enough and get that wild card that I needed to be able to grow in my career. That is great. And what what was it like? So you're so the Parsons, the New School for Design in New York. So that's a master of fine arts. What was the transition like to come back and get an MBA after a very you know you were an architect in undergrad, then you have a master's <laughs> of fine arts, fine arts, and now you're here in business yeah. school land. What was that like? I must say it was a very very big difference. I felt I always felt in the master of fine arts, New York, I was probably one of the most. Uh, um, pragmatic people there. I, I knew what I wanted and I followed all the rules. And now here at the MBA, I was probably the biggest tree hugger of uh, the <laughs> entire class. Everything <laughs> is relative. Everything is relative. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was very interesting, but I felt that this contrast just made um, me stronger in a sense that I was able to fluctuate from one environment to the other. They were completely different, but also the good thing about UCLA is that um, it's a real campus. So now all the American movies made sense for me because <laughs> I was able to get the full experience, see how people get super attached to the games and uh, I don't know, all those parts of the culture that I was not getting before in New York. And transition for me it was easy because I think it's part of my personality. I like to be almost like a hybrid towards everything, but um, 
and uh, very very exciting i remember going to my first tailgate um with school and um and getting to experience all of those things that i had no idea before the mba oh that's great yeah I, yeah because the american movies that's you know <laughs> That's what we all think America is like in yeah. California and everything. <laughs> so your first tailgate, so that was the, at the Rose Bowl? Yeah, yeah. And I didn't know what tailgate was at first, <laughs> so I thought it was part of the game. So I remember I was trying to get to the stadium, and uh, I really had a completely different idea, and I tried to find everyone. So at first I had no idea what I was doing. And then I finally was able to find the UCLA flags and everyone, and now everything made sense. I'm like, oh, that's what it's about. That's fun. Tell me, so, and this is a question that's come up since we've started releasing the podcast. Some of the new entering students have, have emailed me and said, when do people study? So, like, when do you find the time to be a student? You're, you're Tuesday night, Thursday night, so you're going to class Tuesday night and Thursday night. What was your study habits? You know, how did, how, because... You were a full-time graduate student yeah, last time, so yeah. now you're a working professional graduate student. How did you go about finding the hours in the week for your studying? I mean, I think that's all relative. One time, when I was a kid, I heard this from someone. They say, if you want something to get done, give it to the busiest person in the room. Mm. Because when you're busy, you already find ways to get things done. I, I got creative. So, for example, sometimes I would use my lunch breaks at work to... Um, to start the reading so when I had to do homework I already knew what it was about and because I had classes Mondays and Thursdays I would try to study a little bit Mondays and Wednesdays and and what I couldn't finish then then I would take Saturdays afternoon and study um, I, I felt it was fine I mean at the beginning it gets it's very stressful just because it's a completely new routine that you have to adapt to but then you realize after a year or two, that was not that bad. Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> so it took a year or two. Well, that's, I mean, that's almost halfway through. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the first year was the hardest one, the core part, because mm -hmm. you don't, you, you have to go through that. And for me, I'm not to, I wouldn't think numbers are my strength. So I had to, I had to dedicate more to that. But then once electives um, start, you, you can go, Maybe I should have gone to the things that I thought were my weakness, but I went to the, I took classes that I thought I could develop more on things that I was interested. So the study for that didn't felt much as a study because I was doing things that I was interested at. Mm. It was, it was more natural, I think. <laughs> oh, very good. And what were some electives that you enjoyed? Well, the thinking on your feet one was my favorite because it uh, it's when I'm like, oh, I belong somewhere. Um, it was very eye-opening because there were things that I could apply on my day-to-day, -day, even how to memorize things. And that also gave me a little bit of... Um, it made me motivated to try to pursue some public speaking. And um, at, back then, I felt uh, that was a very long-term goal. But then at my work, my current job, uh, we have development days and I was invited to present to the whole company um, in one topic that I was passionate about. And, uh, and from that, I've been having other opportunities to public, uh, to do public speaking, but that all became, uh, that all started in that class in that summer. So I was reading all the text and uh, I, I tried to investigate further and it was really, really exciting. 
it really felt so like uh, being in the class it didn't felt like being in the class it felt just a bunch of people talking about interesting stuff oh fantastic and that's professor firstenberg yes exactly so, thinking on your feet excellent Oh, I love it. And now I watched, so you were a TEDx speaker here at Anderson last year. Is that, was it last yeah, year, Yeah, last year what I felt it happened was more, I, I presented on the TED, TEDx week uh, on the campfire. So it was just for the students and they opened at the Alumni Plaza. So it was a very nice stage and we got to present there and that's recorded and it's available online. And I got to go there um, because of Anderson. And now, because of that video, I, I built my confidence and I, I applied to the TEDx UCLA, which is even bigger event. And that's gonna happen now this Saturday. So all of this is because of Anderson as well, because it, it exposed me to the right opportunities. And um, I got to talk about happiness and uh, how being kind and being happy are definitely correlated and, um, and things like that. <laughs> well, tell people a little bit. So your happiness, so you've been interested in happiness for a while. You, you started your project back in New York. So maybe tell people a little bit about, about how you came to be interested in happiness and what you've learned so far. Yeah, it was actually a matter of necessity. Um, <laughs> I was living in New York and I realized that the culture was so different than what I was uh, used to back in Brazil that I was starting to close myself and not being as open and as spontaneous. And uh, I was starting to feel a little bit sad, even though being there was my dream for my whole life, I was not feeling as happy as I used to. So I started researching what uh, makes people happy, how I could make people nicer, um, and see if I could rearrange the world around me in a way that I could feel more joy. And what I learned is that when you expose people to something positive that they are not expecting, they are more inclined to be nice toward, towards others. So what I did for my master's thesis there was to create urban interventions to bring joy to the routines of New Yorkers. And I will find all the different ways that I could rearrange situations that were normally not painful, but unpleasant in a way that they were fun. So, um, for example, I heard that, uh, well, if you try to bike uh, um, to bike in New York, it's awful. It's like cab drivers don't respect you. Every time I tried to bike, I knew I didn't know if I was going to come back alive or not. <laughs> so what I did to rearrange that situation in a way to bring joy to everyone is that I installed a bubble machine on my bike. And I also put a speaker playing lullabies. And I started riding through Chelsea and... Uh, then the cab drivers noticed it. Everybody noticed the bike, but it was not uh, in a happy. It was in a happy way, so everybody was enjoying. And I got the goal was to bring uh, awareness to the bike lanes so people would respect. But I did a bunch of those, almost forty, and um, and I based my my master's thesis on it. So the way I incorporated design was by making the website, making sure that I recorded each one of the interventions. I had a process to come up with those, and I was always testing assumptions. 
So um, that was uh, that was very very fun, and that really since then uh, that's my main the thing that I like to talk about the most. So have to watch out so I only don't talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> now with the MBA, I get to do something about it, and not to some that I can only do as um as a student, right? But without the MBA, I wouldn't be able to actually start implementing and get all these tools that I have to talk about it and reach even more people. Mm. So I do think, I mean, I'm definitely glad I took my master's in fine arts, but being at the MBA really opened so many more doors that I could expect. Oh, that's great. Well, so if you're listening out there, yeah, you Google Isadora Dantas, <laughs> you can watch her video. Um, what was it? What was it called? It was called, I wrote it down over here somewhere. Is a, what is, what's the Oh, is a wonderful world. Is a wonderful world. Yeah. Yes. That was the name uh, I gave to the project of the interventions. And I, and you can also see Isadora's um, TEDx campfire from last year, and then there'll be a new one pretty soon for from your presentation this year. I have that yellow posted on my on my computer desk is from yours last year, where you have the quote, "Only boring people get bored." Oh yeah, I love that. I watched because I watched your I watched your um, video last summer, and I thought that is so inspiring. Only boring people get bored. That's a great quote because it reminds me if I'm ever getting kind of tired at the end of the afternoon, well, Dylan. What do are you going to do? Do something about it. That's right. Don't whine and complain. <laughs> do something about it. That's kind of my mantra. I don't know if I I like to think that I came up mm. with it, but maybe I got it from somewhere. But it's true. I think uh, we all should take ownership of our own happiness and of our own uh, wellness. So when things are not going the way you want, then you just do something about it. Sometimes it's simple, sometimes it's more complicated, but I try to focus on things that I can control more than on the things that I cannot. Yeah, yeah, well that probably serves you well through all of the the multiple opportunities of FEMBA coming yeah, at you. Yeah, I think that's the hard thing to do. It's how to prioritize where you wanna go um, next. So what I like is that here we have all the tools available to us. So if you wanna, really focus on switching careers you have the career center to help you um you can spend time talking to the coaches if you want to go more to um you can go to ambassadors and try to get more roles in the class as social externals so if that's something you're more interested to or you can take advantage of all the clubs there is the entrepreneurship or the marketing and um, it's endless. The more you find out, the more th uh, the more you are here, the more things you find out you can do. And the hard part is just to prioritizing what you want to take advantage of. And I want I want our listeners to, listeners to understand your story because your story is complicated because you've yeah. you've done like three or four different career moves and you're in Pet Snap, so you're on you're in an entrepreneurial startup with classmates. So when when we talked before we started, so you walked in the door self-identifying. I'm an explorer. I'm I'm Isadora. I'm from Brazil. I've been to New York. I want to see LA. I want to learn some new things. So you self-described as an explorer, but tell people a little bit about kind of your early meetings with Susan Cowell and the career team and, and sort of how you, you executed a switch your very first quarter, was yeah, it? Yeah. So it was, uh, was a two-step switch. So Two-step switch. All right. Yeah. Um, I, I know, as I said, I like many things. So um, aside of the spreading kindness. I also always wanted to be an entrepreneur and try to open something. Um, so that was another thing that I would like to eventually take from the MBA. I didn't think that would be um, 
that would be a short-term goal because I'm a foreigner, so um, I have the H-1B, so I, I work for my company, right? Um, so, so that was something on the back of my mind. But here we have BCO, so that was an opportunity that I had to um, really develop a company with my friends. And I want to talk more about that because in PetSnap we're doing a lot of cool things. But just to, to go back to your question where you're asking about uh, uh, my interaction with Susan, um, I knew when I first started that I wanted to be in tech. So my goal on when I started the MBA, I didn't know back then, but when we had the first on leadership foundation, we do all those tests, then it kind of opened my, my eyes and I realized that I wanted to be in tech and that I wanted to be a product manager because I thought it was more of a generalist position in a sense that I would like to be using. Um, and I always saw myself more as a generalist and I thought that I could put some good skills that I got from my master's in design and tech in technology. So I talked to her about it, but when I started the MBA, I was actually a graphic designer in an entertainment company. So it was a very big switch. Um, so, and I tried to contact, um, companies, um, to be a product manager, but I realized that, uh, it was it was gonna be a huge gap that I needed to fill. So we together we we came up to the conclusion that maybe it would be easier to move to tech company that I really liked um, as a designer, um, and then from there I could grow so I could become a product manager, and that's exactly what happened. Even on my first quarter, um, I got contacted by Cornerstone, which it was actually started from a UCLA Anderson alumni, Adam Miller, so to work there as a product designer. So that was already 60% um, of my way there because I would be working in tech at a really, really cool company. And I really believe in what we're doing in Cornerstone and um, it's it's not only good work that makes me motivated and challenged, it also, uh, my boyfriend tells me that I'm always going to a daycare because the, oh, wow. when we're there, you have the yoga room, we have a candy wall, we have a baking club. Today I just baked to my, my uh, every week someone bakes, so we get to eat candy pretty much every week. So it was definitely the kind of company I wanted to work for. It felt like a startup, but was already established enough um, in a way that they could sponsor me and I could grow there. So, so that happened maybe in November. That uh, I started in January on 2014, but I got the interview on my first quarter. So I was like, whoa, things are working fast. Um, and then after being there for a year and a half as a product designer, I talked to my boss that I wanted to put my business uh, skills in practice, that I wanted to become a product manager. And uh, she was super supportive. So she put me in contact with the product team. We already knew each other because I was the designer for the product team. And uh, that happened as well. So um, I've been almost for a year now a product manager for mobile and um, it's always challenging. And I, I like everything that I'm learning there. And um, it's um, it definitely my goal that was from Leadership Foundation, which was to become a product manager and tech company that became uh, real. 
Um, and um, yes, I'm really excited. I wanted to, I'm still learning a lot. So I wanted to, to keep improving and growing that path. Oh, I love it. Wow. Yeah. I don't know if you can keep up with this listeners because <laughs> she's just been doing it all. So, so you, you executed, you actually, you came to Los Angeles with Disney, then you switched to Sony, then you start at UCLA Anderson. You've got the graphic design background, but you're interested in product development, product management, and you start laying the, the groundwork in your very first quarter, and then it starts to bear fruit, and then you switch to Cornerstone, which is a UCLA alum-founded company. You, you, so you use kind of the, with Susan, you developed the, the first foot in the door was go ahead and leverage the design, because that gets you in the door, and then you establish your reputation, and 18 months later, you're speaking with your boss, and she's saying, yeah, I'll support you. Yeah, wow. I got it all right. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, okay, so hopefully everybody can follow that. But that's not even the whole story. But wait, there's more. <laughs> so, yeah. now in parallel to all of that, try to help people understand what you're doing with, with everybody with, with PetSnap. Yes. Yeah, so, um, before it started BCO and Gap, the whole thing, I, I, I felt that I wanted to do BCO for sure. Uh, just because for me it was interesting the idea of working on something that could be eventually mine. But um, so we had the cl uh, class was entrepreneurship uh, um, venture initiation, and in that class I got in contact with Matt Rose, who is the the founder, and Rex Hatcher, who is the co-founder, and other team members. They were all from Section Three, so we already knew each other. But the funny thing is that we had never been in a project or a group project together. Same section, but, but hadn't been in a group yet. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So for the whole core, we hadn't been in a team, but they knew I was a designer. And I had um, I just had gave a quick feedback to Matt, really on the beginning, beginning of when he was uh, nourishing the idea of creating PatSnap, which back then was called FitFetch. <laughs> but uh, um, so they're like, Isa, do you want to join our team? And I, we, I think we, you have skills that we need. And I'm like, yeah, of course, because back the idea back then, we always knew that we wanted to improve the health of pets. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, that uh, core vision is still with us today. And of course, after a year and a half, we've developed. That's the whole goal of going through. Uh, BCO, we we research and we develop our idea and we test assumptions in a way for us to. Oh, let me just them. let me just let people know. BCO is business creation option. So that's one of the sequences you can take here to really develop your own startup company. Yeah. So I forgot we have so many jargon. I just want to say. Yeah, that. yeah, that that's a good <clears throat> talk. So in order for you to do BCO, you you can you have to go through two classes: the business plan and enter and development and entrepreneurship venture initiation. I think I got it right. We called it just B. Uh, DP and EVI. <laughs> I think we have to use our brain for so many other things that we just to make acronyms for, for everything. So we've been working together since two quarters before BCO. So we already were in a good shape. We knew what we wanted to do. And what PetSnap does, it's, it allows pet owners to take better care of their pets yeah. by allowing us to... Um, record our uh, scan our medical records uh, all the ones that we get from pets vets because right now it's very disorganized even on the vet systems so it uh, 
empowers the owners to take a better care. We can scan the medical records. We can set reminders for when you have to give them a vaccine or when you have to um, take them to the vet again. And it also lets you share these information with uh, places to onboard your dog or dog walkers so you don't have to walk with all your paperwork you don't have to worry in cases of emergencies you always have the information you need there and that's just the beginning we're finding ways that we can retrieve the medical records for the owners and also you're to also give you better input on your pet's health that will be in the future but the app is already available on on app store we're currently working on android version and uh, doing a bunch of competitions um it's it's going well we actually have a competition in a, in an hour or so here in ucla with the ita but better busy than barge <laughs> <laughs> it has been busy we'll tell people a little bit about this ita case competition because i think some of our listeners are going to want to do case competitions while they're here so yeah so we had uh, we've participated in competitions in texas in portland there are a lot of university competitions for venture venture initiation this one is specifically is with the engineering department so we, we have to do it in partnership of someone yeah you, you're in class and you're in company all that bring those worlds together yeah yeah so so we'll be presenting it's um we have five finalists now so it's always um new ideas but related to engineer um I think we are the only app one, other, uh, but I have to double check. So hopefully keeping the uh, fingers crossed um, will we'll go well. But the, they are very well prepared. I'm sure they will make a great presentation. Well, how long ago did you register for the case? How long do they usually last? Like two or three weeks or? Um, I, no, you, it goes for different rounds. So um, first, usually we submit the pitch and then they have to do a quick pitch. Um, then from there, they select the the ones that they like. They select the semifinalists. Then you do another pitch, and now they got to the only the finalists. So each competition we apply to kind of a different. Um, um, but it's more than a month. It's usually at least two months from the time that we we send the first uh, we send the first idea, the first documents to get a, to get to, to register until we get to finally present. Okay, so I just have to ask, so you just don't sleep, is that it? <laughs> no, I actually, I actually, yeah, I mean, I have to say that uh, I'm, I'm needing sleep less. <laughs> needing sleep less, that's a, that's a good Femba answer, needing sleep less. I've been, I've been putting less pressure on myself this past quarter and trying to focus more on Pat's nap. Because I just I want our, our listeners to understand. So you've done multiple job changes. You you found this brand new company with a brand new role that you created for yourself. That's your full time job. Then PetSnap is your with my Femba classmates startup on the side job. Yeah. Then you were helpful. You were helping us with Fembassadors um, along the way. You're involved on campus. It's just you're just going going going. But that's what it's all about, right? I guess um, that's your that's your theory that give it to the person, the busy person. Yeah. Yeah, and I feel here, and that's one thing that I notice is that it's it's like Fembas we find each other here. It's a, it takes already the kind of personality that it's okay to manage it, and it's almost a natural selection, right? If you're already willing to 
to work and to study and learn at the same time, that already means you're in the mindset that you want to improve and you're kind of on the high uh, high achievement and so I really and I think that's for me was the coolest thing I mean a part of all the knowledge and opportunities is that here I was able to find my group of friends as well because I was living in LA for maybe a year and a half um, well I was in LA for two years by the time that it really started and I didn't know anyone in the city back then but after a while, of course, you make one friend here, another there. But with with Samba, I was able to find my own niche, my own group of friends, because it's all um, minds alike. How do you say that? Uh, and uh, we call each other Fembesties. <laughs> but, uh, um, Fembesties, I love it. Fembesties. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, but because everyone here is super smart, they're super dedicated, they all want to grow, so you're motivated by the people around you in the class, and you're like, if they can do it, I can do it, and everybody's going through the same thing together, so it's actually a very supportive environment, and because we all have jobs, it's not like you have to compete with each other on the opposite, you get to refer you to you get to be referred you get to refer and um, we can all grow together yeah i love that dynamic i did a full-time model myself and it's fine except it's the fully unemployed model and <laughs> <Yeah>. everybody's <laughs> looking for an internship everyone's looking for a full-time job and people are great you know and it's good competition it pushes you forward but then i i see pet snap and i see Oh my goodness, you know, like, oh, you have design skills, Isadora, you know, we have, I, I know you from across my section, but we actually haven't worked together, but you have skills that we can see, and would you come think about participating, and then here you are, and now you've done all these things, and you guys are going to know each other forever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I really think there is a lot of potential, um, and uh, it's funny because the team works really well with Patsnap, it's like we all have different personalities, and uh, but at the same time, we are all... Um, passionate about it but uh, we are bringing more and more skills so we can grow faster wow 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 um, and you snuck in a global immersion to Israel yes how was that <laughs> I mean that was the best it was I've always wanted to do the global immersion as well I had actually got into the one in Vienna but was on the same that that would happen like two weeks after I got my transition from design to product management. So I had to, to decline because I had to focus at work. So when this next opportunity arrived to go to Israel, I, I said I couldn't lose it. I've always wanted to go there just because the tech scene is so vibrant and I wanted to get to know what it's all about. And I also felt that Israelis and Brazilians kind of have a similar culture. In a sense, we're all kind of mixed somehow and uh, very direct. So I was able to to learn about that as well. And we had a great support. So Pro Professor uh, Stewart and Yai, who was our mod, um, how he was a teaching assistant, but he was everything. He was the social uh, social uh, person and. Um, helped us through the whole path because he's from there. It was very, very fun. Um, and I learned a lot to get to visit Intel and all these startups that are trying to change the way we deal with technology and the world. And um, 
and do the fun thing stuff like getting to the Dead Sea. We tried to do the Femba picture, it didn't work super well, but uh, we were in the middle of the Dead Sea trying to balance it out. <laughs> so we did the best we could. It was was a good a good group of class. And that was the spring break this yeah. this year. Okay. Yeah, that was this spring break, so we were there for a week, and then I just took another week, and I got to go to Vienna, because I was too, since the other global merchant that I, I didn't get to go, I was like, I need to go and see that now, so... Oh, excellent. So you, okay, so even, you didn't really lose the Vienna, you still got a chance to... I still, I, I made the most out of it, same mentality of MBA, so I was there for one week in Israel, then I went to Jordan um, to see Petra with another family. Kristen and then we got to then I just took another week because I took two weeks out from work so in that week I went to Germany because my flight stopped there and I took the advantage to visit a client of ours in Cornerstone Nestle they are in Veve in Switzerland so I'm like oh I'm already in Europe so I might as well meet them and um, went to there and then I met another friend and went to Vienna for three days. So I think I saw maybe five countries in two weeks, but all my free time now, I usually go back to Brazil to see my family. So I took advantage of it and tried to to put more pins in the map. <laughs> oh, that's great. That is great. Well, I heard a little bit about Israel from Kara Bibiani when we had her podcast a week or so back because she had just come back. And yeah. I think, what was she doing? She was applying to be... A, she submitted her Gap Fellow application from Israel <laughs> because yeah. of the deadlines. I was It was a typical Femba story. Like, I'm on the other side of the world taking care of business back home, and here you are. <laughs> okay, I'll go through Switzerland, visit Nestle, and, get yeah. some business done. I actually think Kara is also teaching. She was a TA, so she was grading people. She did everything. I don't know that part. She she was able to take the most of her time for sure. And um, I also, yeah, I, I don't know. I found might as well just go and try. I was there for a week and so tried to see these other places that I don't know when I'm going to have the other opportunity. Yeah, that's so great. Well, my goodness. Okay. Well, I hope you guys can still fathom everything that you've heard on this pad- podcast. But let's just let's just kind of come to a close and look forward a little bit. So so here you are. You know, not that far from commencement. So <laughs> you you kind of you co- you told me some of the goals you had walking in the door. Some of which you checked off the first quarter, and then you've had these other openings with Professor Furstenberg and thinking on your feet and the possibility of being a motivational speaker. You're in a you're in a brand new company. You're in a startup with friends. Like you got a lot in front of you. So as you look forward post Femba, kind of what what's it like for you? What are you thinking about? I mean, I'm really in a happy place right now. It's funny to see how I was feeling with myself when I started the program and now at the end, it's like two different people. Wow. Um, yeah, because it's uh, all the little things um, I want. I mean, not little, there were big things. But I was able to get everything I wanted. I I made a a group of friends. I found my roots in LA. I got a job in in an awesome company that I really like. And I get to start um, my my company, I mean, with my own team. So I have a part of it as well, right? And, uh, And I'm able on the side of it to do those talks that I find a lot of... Um, it's more an intrinsical motivation for me. It's something that I 
personally like because I get to share the joy. So I just, I don't know if it's too much to ask, but I would like to keep all of those. <laughs> um, I, for example, at Cornerstone, I, I've been doing product management for almost a year and I want to grow. I, I, it's, it's a new field for me, even though it was not a new company because I was already there. But the more I learn from it, the more I feel that I can learn and grow. And I've been, I've been challenging in a very good way. So I'm not in my comfort zone yet. And that's for me what motivates me. I want to be, I want to keep being better on that. So, so that's for sure. And on PatSnap, of course, we've been put so much effort and care and it's our baby. Um, bring all of us in the same motivation. And I have pets too, so, so I really see the value on it. So I think the goal for PatSnap is really try to get more users and make it grow and eventually get um, an investment and see what happens. So we'll see, we'll try to see what happens with that. And as long as people keep inviting me to do talks, I'll keep, uh, I'll keep talking. <laughs> That's one of the things I like to do the most, as you probably already noticed from all the things I said. <laughs> well, you are a tremendous ambassador for so many things. You're an ambassador for Brazil. You're an ambassador for fine arts. You're an ambassador for happiness. You've been a ambassador. Many people listening to this, whether you realize it or not, Isadora has helped us as a ambassador for a couple of years. So she may have been in the background or in the foreground at some of the coffees and chats that, that led you to come to UCLA. So, um, you know, I thank you on behalf of the school because you've thank just you. been you've been a, a shining sparkle the whole time that you've been here. Any other last words, either shout outs to friends or pay it forward advice, anything you'd want to leave people with as we come to the end here? Oh, wow. That's a lot of pressure. <laughs> <laughs> well, My own last words. Famous um, last words. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I just really want to thank you because I remember I met you, I think, even before I applied. It was one of the coffee things and uh, we were just testing and interviewing and I didn't know what was... I didn't exactly know what was going to come from there, but um, looking back now, uh, three years ago, I mean, I mean, I don't want to jinx it either, but I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean uh, really, I mean, the spots where I've always wanted to be, and I think I got that from FEMBA and um, from everyone here and all the professors and my friends and PatSnap and... Uh, and all these people that I talk every day and that helped me, we all did this journey together. So being able to count on UCLA Anderson and all my classmates did make this journey much more fun and enjoyable. And um, I'm really happy it happened. So for that, I'm very grateful. Thank you. <laughs> well, we're thrilled. We're thrilled to see you coming to the finish line of commencement with, with such satisfaction. And, and I think... Everyone on the on the podcast will be able to hear you put the energy in. My goodness, you put the energy <laughs> in, and and look what you've created for yourself. So, um, thank you so much. We uh, we're just I'm just really grateful that we got to have this conversation, and thank you all for listening. And um, yeah, look Isadora up on LinkedIn, uh, Google her, and you can find her videos. And um, yeah, we'll be seeing you at commencement here in just a couple of weeks. Yeah. I'm excited. Can't wait. <laughs> oh, and good luck with your case competition in 30 minutes, yes. I guess. Yeah, all right. I'm going to run there right now. Thank you. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening.